Every year, millions of global travelers flock to California in search of the world's finest cannabis. Our job is to get these travelers very high and show them a great time. It's not always as easy as you think. Join us, your heady hosts and cannabis tour guides, Victor Pino and April Black, as we spend an hour each episode trimming back the storied nuggets of life in the weed tourism game. We'll be joined by our friends, colleagues, and cannabis tourism legends from across the globe. So get on board the weed bus, buckle up, and as always, smoke them if you got them. You're about to get high on tour with Victor Pino and April Black. Back with the fun. We're having conversations about having shit on your shoes, and that's what makes you real. Shit kickers. Season, <laughs> you got something to say? Shit kickers. <laughs> All right. Well. Should we get kicking some shit? Let's get some <laughs> Welcome to the show. Drew, what's your last name? Barber. Drew Barber. Drew Barber. Drew Barber from Uplift, Humboldt County's very own cannabis growing collective cooperative actually. cooperative yeah. there we go um drew barber is here um you know part of our big day in san francisco with the legacy growers of humboldt county um again i want to call back keith arnoul for being such a cool dude and pulling this all together this is super important has been super important to us here high on tour and you know we're really happy to be participating in this and drew no less an awesome dude. Let's let's learn about you, um, and let's learn about your company. So tell me a little bit about Uplift and what you give me the elevator pitch. All right, yeah. Well, so so Uplift is a cooperative of small farms. We work together. This is a farmer owned company, right? So we work together to do whatever we can to help make small farms in Humboldt County viable. And what those solutions are is is iterative, right? The the farms know what's going to help them be viable and it changes over time. And the idea of this company is that it's owned by the farms and it's a democratic company, right? Because that's the nature of a co-op. It's one member, one vote. So if I show up with more investment money or I show up with more acreage under cultivation, it doesn't change the fact that I get one vote if Mm -hmm. I'm one member. Mm -hmm. And so that way it really keeps the power in the hands of the producer. So we're an agricultural producers cooperative and that's the nature of it is it's owned by the producers and it'll do anything it needs to do that the members require to stay as viable companies. And we've heard a lot about that model here today. I think this is really important to the Humboldt farmer. Um, I mean, season, you want to speak to that a little bit? Why is this, you know, being from Humboldt yourself, I just know that Uplift has been around, you know, I think you guys have really been like a leading force and you're somebody I've looked up to. I've always Mm. liked to hear you speak. And so, you know, what you're doing is really, really important. And I think a lot of people thought it couldn't be done, you know, and you guys have really stuck stuck it out. Thanks. Yeah. How long have you guys been Uplift? Yeah, well, we started in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, we started off as a as a little you know potluck. I was people say, how do you start a co-op? I say, well, you start with a potluck. You know, yeah, how do you food. do anything in your community? Bring you food. start with a potluck. <laughs> you know, you eat together, break bread, enjoy company, 
and then build ideas from there. And so that's that's what we did. We started off, I think we were the, the Matol Valley Small Scale Farmers Alliance or something really creative like that. There was like, whoa, lots of things to say in there. And we changed over time, figure out, oh, what do we want to do with our time together? Well, let's make a cooperative. And we had reasons why we wanted to do that. And mostly it was because it kept the ownership in the hands of the farmers. And we knew that this model was going to be a helpful opportunity as things progressed. Because in 2018, a lot of folks were like, why would I need a co-op? You know, there's a handful of us who were like, no, the future is coming. Why would we ignore how agriculture happens? Agriculture always aggregates. It always gets bigger. It drives down costs of production. It drives down price. And it drives out the small farmers. And this is a problem that rural America has faced for many, many years. Humboldt and a lot of places in the Emerald Triangle and other places too, like Nevada County and places in Big Sur, have sort of fought off that that onslaught into those rural places of aggregation and and large-scale business. We've been able to do it because we had cannabis all these years. Mm -hmm. And so we have a lot of resources still for rural places. And when we look to other rural places, we see kind of disaster after disaster, right? Mm -hmm. Like people fled because... You know, what used to be 50 farms is now one farm farmed by one farmer. Like, this pattern repeats itself, mm-hmm. and we want to be a voice against that. We want the rollout of cannabis to be getting agriculture right. right. And we recognize our role in that, in that context. So understanding cannabis and its role kind of in the greater ecosystem um, and being in the Matol Valley, right? That's kind of where you guys are based. Yeah, not uh, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of it's it's is. Yeah, it's exactly where it is. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, explain to me what the, the, the importance, uh, at least to your brand, to your, to your folks in the, in the, in the co-op, uh, what is the importance of making sure there's like a reverence and respect to that environment? Because I've, I've been up there a lot and I've spent, I've, I don't live there. I live in the Bay, but going up there is, there's a special, a special magic to it. And I think it's because of a lot of the work that Sanctuary Forest is doing and all those great players. But why is that important to your brand? Well, there's a lot of history there. Um, You know, history goes, of course, back to the indigenous peoples that live there, the Diné people of the Matol who um, spoke a different language than all of their neighbors. Mm -hmm. And um, they were a unique people because of that. They had, like I say, a completely different language that was the nearest language family was way far inland um and then you know ranchers came out and loggers came out and different industries different boom bust cycles and eventually for the same same reasons of isolation that created the Diné people of the Matol to being such an isolated unit it became attractive to a lot of folks uh leaving right here San Francisco mm-hmm. leaving the Haight-Ashbury right. and and heading north the seclusion. To, yeah, both the seclusion. I mean, some folks like the Vietnam vets who didn't want to come back into society. They wanted to go find an outside place, some place that was lost. You know, the Lost Coast became that for a lot of people. And, and a lot of the, um, the sort of diggers, there's quite a few diggers in our neighborhood, folks who had sort of utopian visions of how things could be uh, felt attracted to that place because there was the, the concept of it being an open palette. and. Mm-hmm. A possibility to create right. your own world and and they did and we have these elders that had have done amazing things out there and the isolation really <laughs> the isolation really led us to you know the ability to grow great weed 
all those years. It became a great place to grow weed right? because you could kind of stay hidden. There's only one way in and one way out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we knew who was coming and going. Yeah. And, you know. Uh, Just given the terrain, right? Like, yeah, it's not easy the, to get around. You're at the top of your hill looking down, and you know when there's somebody coming up the hill. Like yeah, 20 well, minutes before know, anybody else does. You that's know? it. Well, we got <laughs> we got an hour and a half to town, and so right. if somebody's driving to town and they see a convoy coming in, yeah. they get to town and they call. You know, now we got cell phones. You don't have to yeah. wait till you well, get to town. Well, it used to be K-Mud, right? <laughs> K-Mud, K-Mud would yeah. get on there. Well, somebody called K-Mud and be like, I saw a convoy. Or somebody just called the store. And the boom, words out. All of a sudden, people zipping around, getting all uh, their plants all hidden and everything uh, like that. But you know, it just—it was also you know before then it was it was moonshine. Like, uh, people did a lot of moonshining out there, and they would—they uh, had a guy on the hill on the horse who would, if he saw the people coming out to investigate, he'd ride down and tell everyone to put out their out their fires on their stills. Right. And so it's not a new thing. It's been happening for a while. The outlaw lifestyle. The outlaw County. lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. But also a big part of it, too, the part that we're really digging into is the part of the isolation of it and the fact that we don't have someone else to rely on. We have to rely on each other. And this story is true for Humboldt County as a whole, and it's true for Trinity County and parts of Mendo, too. But really, the Lost Coast really exemplifies this. Like, Like if somebody gets hurt, it's an hour and a half for an ambulance to get there. So our volunteer fire department... He's got to take care of that patient for an hour and a half. I serve on the volunteer fire department. Cannabis has always served our volunteer fire departments, you know, um, both because it allows folks to have a, an income. It brings in young folks who are capable of doing that work because it's very physically demanding. And, um, you know, and, and it also, you know, folks who can be on the department, it raises their lifestyle too and their ability to to think and do things that have to be done in the right kind of context and environment. The reliance on community is is important, is what you're saying. And, and I get a lot of that when I go up there. Is that example you gave of getting injured, you know, if you get hurt on the hill, like there ain't nobody coming for a little while. So you gotta just rely on your neighbors, right? That's rely it. on your family, rely on, you've gotta be prepared. You've gotta be the utmost, you gotta be the boy scout on the hill, right? You've gotta be ready. Um, how are you guys being the Boy Scout on the Hill for the cannabis industry in Humboldt? What are you guys doing? Well, I guess I guess I think there's a couple of parallels here. Like there's there's the independent person who can do it all themselves, and then there's the community of people who helps each other out, right? And sometimes those are the same, and sometimes they're a little different. Like mm-hmm. we kind of have a lot of independent folks who don't really want to participate with with other other things and don't want to be part of the community because they got it themselves um uplift isn't in that in that world we're what we're really we're really saying is that hey if we work together in a company that we own equally we're going to find better solutions than if we go at it alone we're going to find better solutions than if we buy into selling to the latest big brand that's going to rip us off you know we've been through this now and it's really clear we need to hold that ownership we need to hold that power we're going to lose we're going to lose what we have and you know for us it's really a cultural thing because if we lose the small farms in the hills of Humboldt we lose those volunteer fire departments we lose those community centers we lose those small and necessary schools the value of cannabis for rural communities, I mean, in Humboldt and Trinity and Mendo and Nevada County especially, but really all over California, cannabis has brought that capital into these rural places and it's given the rural places a lifeline. And if we lose that, 
we lose a lot of value and and the result of is not is not a reality we're hoping we're going to have to face too hard but we think we can get there and not have to face it by working together and coming up with solutions that we own that's critical you have mentioned a couple of times already in our conversation this idea of like learning from almost learning from other people's mistakes kind of sitting back and you guys have watched other things happen in the market and you've braced or prepared your people your your families right your friends for the for the situations at hand how has f this foresight this 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 valuable these valuable knowledge insight knowledgeable insights that you guys have learned how has that helped you guys make a better product uh, I guess the so as far as if we're just talking about product I think you know working together with our team of growers it's like we figured it out at one point it was like 160 years of cultivating experience you get that together there's not that many you know challenges that have not been faced right most challenges have been faced by those 160 years of growing experience so we sit down together and we share it and that's really powerful so when we talk about quality of product we can we can get there through sharing experiences when we talk about quality of product we can get there by bringing in one person who we hold high esteem for and have them talk to all of us at once mm -hmm. so we raise our bar and then we talk about that and you know what did you hear what did you hear and we can triangulate on the information and end up really raising our best practices so, so a lot of importance on communication and getting this information out to the whole cooperative has been kind of what's driving a lot of the success around your your learning, right? Has been making sure everyone learns together. Yeah, making sure everyone learns together. And then, you know, there's this other very sort of mechanical piece, which is that we need to make sure that our farms have the tools to succeed. Right. Because when, when folks start not succeeding, they're not going to have the best quality product. Right, so, right. So, like, if they have to start cutting corners because they're trying to reduce cost of production to these ridiculous levels mm -hmm. that are, like, not really possible, right. you're going to lose quality. Right. And so right. what we're saying is, no, that's, that's a line we're not going to cross. Right. We're small-scale growers. What we do is grow quality. Yeah. So by working together, we can keep that cost of production low but not be under that great pressure because we can also, you know, reduce the cost of getting the product to market right. so we can get a higher value for our farms. And so the co-op's really working that line reducing cost of production and increasing value at sales because in between those two places is where the farmer lives, right? right? That's our margin. We're trying to inflate that space so the farmers can have a more secure lifestyle. I, I love how you're speaking to your audience so clearly, right? Your audience is really your cooperative. Your audience is, what you're doing as Uplift seems to me uh, to be more than just giving people a launch pad for their, for their flowers and giving people, you guys seem to be living these values of wanting to be the better the better actor at every turn right you guys want to be better at everything you do by learning by by working with each other by learning from other people's mistakes how are you guys preparing you know in the face of kind of all this crazy adversity in the market in the marketplace in 2023 give me an example of how you guys are preparing to weather the the storm Right? Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess one one real clear way is collective branding. So by building a brand, we have the vision that we're going to get our farms 
to the point where they're selling less and less on the bulk market mm -hmm. because for small farmers, the bulk market doesn't have a long-term play, right. right? The bulk market is actually shooting ourselves in the foot. We're selling our high quality product and it's going out and not getting special treatment. It's getting a homogenized price point with these other lower quality products and someone else is scoring, right. getting a hold of that product and putting it into their brand and winning, right? It's not a shared win. It's, it's not a shared win. Yeah. yeah, the farmer is basically losing. Yeah. So by having our brand, we can communicate to our consumers we, you know, that we, we have this kind of product, we can communicate our story, and it's just easier to do that together. There's just no way all of our individual farms are gonna be able to communicate all the story that needs to be done and all the marketing and communication on their own. And so Uplift is a, at this point, you know, and we came to this through a lot of discussion amongst ourselves, it's like, oh, this is what we need, and so that's what we do right now, which is, have this uh, sort of portal, single portal, to do that work, do that marketing work. So instead of the farms needing to do it, we have staff who can take care of that for them. So one staff member can serve all of our member farms. The member farms can stay on their farm. And back to your earlier question, produce higher quality product because they're staying on their farm. They're not spread thin. They're not also trying to do all of that on their own. Right, right. That's how we get good product. We work together. Yeah. So it's not just, it's like we're making our company's viable, we're also making a better quality product. Um, I think that's, that's a really important, um, really important insight as we are, um, you know, kind of, we're, we're the work we do on the farm now, the work you guys are doing, um, matters so much and is so much more, there's so much, it's so much less forgiving now than it was 10 years ago. So my last question to you, um, Drew, what do you think is the most positive, your most positive outlook for Uplift? Give us a little uplifting thought on your most positive outlook for 2023 in cannabis globally. Yeah, well, well so, so that name is not a mistake. Right. We do live on the most seismically active spot in the lower 48. We live on the Mendocino Triple Junction. Uh -huh. So that's a geologic reference. But it's also a reference, of course, to the fact that we enjoy getting high and that we can work together to pick each other up. So the actual process of working together for us is really the most uplifting thing. Uh -huh. And it's, it's getting through that space where we think we need to go at it alone as an independent operator to, hey, I can still be myself, my independent operator, I can have my autonomy, but I can save a lot of money and uh -huh. I can work well with my friends and build this amazing business and still own it and keep my company viable because we're gonna work together in this really specific way, right? We have really specific ways that we work together. It's not, it's not vague, it's not unclear. We've got very clear agreements. Our bylaws are really solid. And that's, the, that's it, because you're going into business with people who you, don't know that uh -huh. well. I mean, who, who, like, even if you know people, you're not going to yeah. go, in, like, most people don't even go into business with their family. Yeah. So, how do you go into business with people who you don't know that well? Well, you have to do it with a really solid agreement. And yeah. that's, that's the bylaws of the company. And, and that's what Uplift is. And, you know, we're, our conversation is about how we can get through this. The, the cooperative conversation is a conversation of hope, it's a conversation of, how we can navigate these challenges together uh -huh. better than we can navigate them alone. 
I think that is a beautiful statement. Drew Barber, thank you from Uplift. You, you've provided us so many uplifting thoughts today, and that's really at the core of, uh, of your whole model of, of cooperation and camaraderie and family and kind of helping each other up. I think that's a beautiful story. Um, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, we really look forward to seeing what Uplift brings, us to the, brings to the market in the coming years. And much love and prosperity to your whole team and your whole cooperative from all of us here at High on Tour. I, I got to say, that was, a, that was beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing us. Well, you're so welcome. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. it. All right. Show up with no cow shit on your, on your car. car. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's, that's what, what I'm that talking is. about. Is this clean country <laughs> casual? Yeah. It has to be on like free of cow shit, though. That was the thing. <laughs> that was like the one standard. I was all proud that I was like, I'm wearing boots and they have actual dirt on them. Hey. <laughs> that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's straight legacy right yeah. there. I'm just saying. OG.